In the name of God, amen. Good morning, St. Mary Magdalene Church. It's wonderful to be here with you today. Thank you to your good interim rector, John Stonecipher, and members of the vestry for welcoming me so warmly this morning. I've had the opportunity to worship with the congregation gathered at 8 o'clock and to meet with the vestry in between the services. I'm so glad to be in worship with, here, worship with you today, celebrating confirmation as well as Advent. And then afterwards, I understand we're having a bit of a party. Yay! Um, I especially love coming to congregations that have, as you demonstrated so beautifully, uh, the flags that represent so many of the countries of our Anglican communion and of the world, because it usually gives me a hint that lunch is going to be great. <laughs> also want to acknowledge my dear friend and colleague, Joey Rick, who um, is here with me today, um, not by assignment, but by choice. Joey said that she had a free Sunday. She doesn't live far and was eager, as am I, to spend, spend the morning with you. So thank you, Joey, for joining us. I'd like to begin by telling you a story of a young man. He was an extremely gifted uh, speaker, public speaker, and was from his his youth, and um, had aspirations to the ministry, and was in a college class, um, I think it was a class on on rhetoric or or public speaking of some kind, but uh, it was apparent to him that he was the star of the class. He was far and again the most gifted speaker, and, um, and he saw himself as one that would ace his way through. Midterm came around, and um, every one of the students had to give a presentation, and he did. In his estimation, it was the best in the class, and objectively, it probably was. When his grade came around, however, he was stunned because the professor gave him a C. And so he made an appointment to find out why, talk to the professor and ask him why. And um, the professor said, acknowledged to him that he was a very gifted speaker and that his speech was fine and objectively quite good, better than any of the others. But he said, I can tell you're not giving me your best. And I want to hear what you sound like when you're giving best work. Your best work will deserve an A. And for now, you're giving me C work. Do you hear that, what he was saying? if you, were, you and I were in that situation with that student, I don't know that that would be something we would have experienced as good news. He took it pretty hard at the time. But he tells that story as an adult as one of the greatest gifts that anyone had ever given him because that person challenged him to grow and to strive and to do his best and to work hard in an area where he could have basically phoned it in his entire life and been okay. Do you hear the difference? That, my friends, is an exhortation. 
An exhortation is a word spoken to someone or a group of people calling that person or calling us all to our best selves, our truest work, our core values. And we don't always experience exhortations as good or good news when they are spoken to us because they typically land right in that gap in each one of us between what we value, what we care about, what we are capable of, and how we're living our lives right now, which is not living up to any of those things in that particular area. And an, ex an ex exhortation is a word from someone who loves us enough cares about us enough and what we are capable of to speak a word of truth, even if it hurts a little bit, so that we might grow and live into the fullness of who we are called by God to be. And when done properly, it is an act of great love. Now, I've been thinking about this all week because that last sentence from the Gospel of Luke that you heard John read uh, has struck me with, as, as one of those contradictions because it says, and you can look at your bulletins to read it again, with many such exhortations, like the ones we just heard, John preached the good news to the people. I don't know if I would have heard a beginning word from John that started out with, you brood of vipers, as good news, right? You brood of vipers. That's the good news? Who warned you to, re to repent of the wrath to come? He was calling people to task in a way that was harsh at first, certainly got their attention, and um, so I think John is probably the greatest exhortator in all of the Bible. Um, and uh, the fascinating thing about him is that he wasn't, he wasn't a, a street corner preacher shouting out to people who were passing by, not wanting to hear what he had to say. He was off in the wilderness by the River Jordan away from the city, and people were flocking to him to hear what he had to say. They were coming to hear his harsh message. And he was speaking in this particular context to people who wanted to be good followers of God, good good God-fearing, God-serving people who carried the weight of their religion on their shoulders very seriously. And he was saying to them, there's a big gap between what you say is important and the God that you serve and how you're actually living. And do you, I am here to tell you that the gap is something you need to address. You cannot rest on your laurels. You cannot rest on your position. You cannot rest on your identity as the people of Israel. God doesn't care about any of that. What God cares about is how you live your life. Right? That was John's exhortation. 
and it must not have felt very good at the beginning. But then, but then what he does, because then everyone's like, oh my gosh, what should we do? How big is the gap? And then he says very gentle things, actually. If you have an abundance of clothing and of food, share. Right? Pretty basic human compassion and religious generosity, right? That's not a radical thing to say. If you are in a position of authority, as tax collectors were, don't use your position to extort from your neighbor. That's not a high bar. That's being a decent human being in your job. If you are a soldier, which means you're carrying a weapon, be mindful of the power that you have and be satisfied with your wages. In other words, don't use your power to take what doesn't belong to you. Right? These are very basic teachings of what it means to live a faithful, decent life following the precepts of God. It's, it's not that different. I was, I was thinking of, of a passage from Deuteronomy where, where Moses says to the people, the commandment I am commanding you is not too hard for you. And it's not far away. It's not in heaven that you should say, where is it? How can I go up to heaven so that, so that I can hear it? And it's not in the sea that you should say, who will cross to the other side and get it for us? No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart to observe. In other words, John was telling them what they already knew was right. He was telling them what they already knew. And he was calling them to live according to what they already knew was right. And he was saying that if you do that, if you follow the teachings of God that you already know, you will be ready for the one who is coming. You will be ready for the one who is going to come and show us how to live because how he will live is according to the best of what we are capable of as human beings. Jesus is going to come to show us how to live. And it's not going to be this hard, burdensome thing it's going to be a joy, and it's going to be a gift, and it will feel like you're living according to your true self. Exhortations are simply those words that come to us in the gap between what we know is best and how we're living now. And the person who says it to you or to me is one who knows, knows us well enough like that teacher knew that student to say, this is what you need to do. You strive for that. And John was that exhorter, exhortator in our scriptures, getting the people ready to receive Jesus. So I'm going to leave you with one other exhortation today and see how it sits with you. This is for all of us, all of us Christians, and I saw it this morning on my way to church. I was driving by another church. And on the church, there was a picture of, of, of Mary on a donkey, very pregnant. Right? Pregnant Mary on the donkey. Joseph at her side, carrying his staff. And I was expecting on the bottom to be, um, you know, Christmas Eve service schedule, right? 
Do you know what it said? There's a family from the Middle East in need of shelter. There's a family from the Middle East in need of shelter. With many such exhortations, he preached the good news to the people. Amen.